to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. everybody welcome back to another episode of disorderly dogs the podcast i am so happy that you are here um i know i say that every episode but i genuinely mean it i'm really looking forward to um sharing my conversation with my special guest today um i know that getting a reliable dog walker can be kind of like daunting and overwhelming so that's what we talk all about in today's episode We talk about the questions you should ask your potential dog walker, what you can expect from a dog walker, and the benefits you can see from having a dog walker. So um, my special guest is Mandy Botel, and she is a certified trainer and behavior consultant, and she is also a certified dog walker, and she has walked dogs for the last five years. So she is super knowledgeable about all things dog walking, and um, I am so glad that she was able to join me. Guys, if you don't already know, um, Mandy... Andy is Josh Botel's wife who was on the podcast in the separation anxiety episode. So they're they're just like a fabulous duo of dog genius. And they also own and run Woof Culture, which is a clothing brand. And they are who makes all those super cute shirts that I wear that reward your dog, let them sniff. So yeah, it was awesome to to chat with her on the the podcast today. So um, I hope you guys like this episode. If you found it helpful, share it with your friends who are looking for a dog walker. And if you could leave me a review over on the iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. I'm sure you are well aware of CBD for dogs. I give Tiva and Waylon daily CBD just to promote their overall health. And we use VetCS. VetCS is a veterinary-based hemp therapy company, and they make products for not only dogs, but they also make cat and horse products too. Their products are lab analyzed, and they will give you unmatched customer service. We love Vet- VetCS, and we are so excited to share this wonderful product with our listeners. If you are interested in learning more about VetCS, you can head over to their website, vetcs.com, and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. Um, I have Mandy with me here, and if you guys are not familiar, Mandy's just kind of like a a dog world badass, and I really (laughs) love and respect her, so I'm really glad she's here. Um, But Mandy has a lot of experience in dog walking, and that's what we're going to talk about specifically today, right? So um, we're going to talk about how to choose a dog walker and how to make sure that you're ensuring the most success for your dog. Um, and the person caring for your dog. So Mandy, can you tell us just a little bit about your experience with dog walking? Yeah, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to discuss this and get owners more in the know with dog walking. So I've been a dog walker for about five years now. Um, professional certified. I have all my certifications for CPR, for aid. And I think the biggest Thing and the issue I always run into people is just people wanting to find a walker really fast, here, walk my dog, not really get to know the person that's walking their dog and not making sure they're choosing a walker just for their dog. Because there are so many different types of dogs and not 
every single walker is going to work for them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, something that I think is good to touch on before we really dive into anything else is that it's your dog's specific needs, right? Like the person you're hiring needs to meet those specific needs. So it's super important that even if you really like someone, but you don't feel like they're the best fit for your dog, you keep moving on, you know, like it doesn't have to be this weird, like moral, like obligation, you know, <laughs> if you like the Absolutely. person, fabulous, but does the dog like the person and can they meet the needs of your specific dog? And another thing I will stack on that is a lot of uh, clients I currently have, they'll refer friends and coworkers to me. And I just may not be the best fit for those people, but they're like, oh, well, my friend spoke so highly of you. And in that type of case, we refer them to other people, which are just as well suited as we are. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that, you know, is awesome about this day and age is that there is so much access, right? right? Yeah. Like there's so many pet professionals, dog professionals that can help, right? Can help you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, the, the different kind of types of dog walking, right? So there's kind of like the traditional, you know, dog walking that I think of that like the dog, the dog walker just comes and take the, takes your dog out for like a leashed walk in your neighborhood, right? So right. that's, that's one option. Um, and I think that that can be good for some dogs. I think that pre predictability is good. And some dogs are cool with just like normal leashed walks. But I feel right. like this huge push for like the off leash adventures is pretty brilliant because I know you guys hear me. I know you guys hear me preach about this all the time, right? That like, I want dogs to be off leash. I want them to sniff. I want them to run. So I think that, you know, that's another really good option for some dogs too. So that's something that you did pretty exclusively, right? Was off leash adventures. Yeah. So we actually don't do any on leash walks and we just choose that because I feel like we are in the San Francisco Bay area and all these dogs are clustered on top of each other in busy city streets. And what better way for these dogs to get their yahoos out and get their dog out with going off leash and learning recall if they don't know it and getting to sniff and, you know, not everyone in the city has a car. So I kind of get them places that they don't usually get to go to. And I will say there are a lot of pros and cons to on leash versus off leash. I will say that I actually really enjoy off leash just because. I feel like it's just much more enjoyable and the dogs have a better time. It's not stressful. You're not avoiding people and dodging places to go. But I will say a big factor for off-leash walks is making sure a dog has a recall and it's not a fearful dog and isn't afraid of loud noises or other dogs or other people because those are things you encounter a lot at off-leash parks, at least here in the Bay Area. Yeah, no, and I think that's pretty consistent across the board, right? Like the distraction levels that you may face in, a, in an off-leash group setting. So guys, I think something that you should be thinking about for your individual dog as far as it pertains to off-leash, um, your dog should have fairly adequate social skills with other dogs and people right? Because it's not, it's not your dog walker's responsibility to prevent incidents of reactivity or aggression, right? So if your right. dog can be uh, quote unquote sketchy around people or other dogs, off leash adventures is probably not your best bet, 
right? Like, like you can do training, you could maybe work up to something similar to that, but that's a lot to require of your, um, your dog walker, right? <laughs> to pick up and manage yes. and be responsible for your sometimes aggressive dog, right? So if your dog can be reactive and or aggressive, fearful, I feel like on-leash walks are probably just a safer bet for everybody. And with that, I will say, just as a dog walker, when you are interviewing a dog walker, please be so upfront with us. Please tell us every P and Q about your dog, because that makes us better prepared for when walking your dog. And that helps us determine if we may not be a good fit and who we can provide you with that will be a good fit. Yeah. Because I think the biggest thing is like safety on the walks and making sure there's no issue for the dogs, no issue for uh, passerbys, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, something that will make your life easier in general is doing obviously lots of training with your dog, but that also opens up more possibilities for people to help you. You know what I mean? Like if your dog has no training at all, you can't really expect your dog walker to train the dog. You know what I mean? Like you need to be doing a lot of the leg work so that your dog gets to get out more and you have more opportunities for people helping you with the dog. Right. And another thing with that, uh, when asking a walker, I would say, um, you know, oh, like if the dog doesn't have recall, is that something that you are willing to work with my dog on? And for our business personally, we like the first 30 days, we have a dog on a long line and we are practicing that recall and seeing if it will work and stick with them. But we always, of course, recommend a trainer if they are having more behavioral issues. And that's something I love about the network that we are in because we always have someone that we can refer people to that we trust with our own dogs. Yeah. And guys, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed with your dog, if you're feeling like your dog needs more exercise, they need more stimulation, they need more training, like reach out because that's what we want to do. We want to work as a team, as a collective to make your life and your dog's life easier. Right. So a lot of times my clients, we start together and I help guide them and we work through training and then I help connect them with dog walkers and off leash adventures so I can kind of hand them off so they don't need me anymore. Right. So that's definitely something you can expect from like um, a trainer and walker alike is that we're really going to help connect you with the people that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I know you kind of touched on some of these, but let's talk about some questions to be asking, um, potential dog walkers from the owner side of things. Right. So, um, I think that something that's important to ask, whether you're looking for a dog trainer or a dog walker is what will the human's response be to dogs displaying quote unquote unwanted behavior? Right. So if your dog is barking and lunging, like what can you expect from the human end of things to deal with that behavior? Right. So what we always um, once we get an understanding of the dog, like I always ask people to just tell me like anything the dog is fearful with. And then they kind of I ask how they handle it and then I tell them how I'll handle it. So I think the biggest question to ask a walker would be what would you do if, you know, say my dog is barking in the car? What do you do if my dog has handling issues? Because there are so many dogs that have issues putting harnesses on. Right. Um, and so like for us in that case, we'll say like, oh, you know, we'll spend a couple times coming over each day, working on that and desensitizing to them to that. Not everyone's willing to do that. So that is something to ask. 
um, asking if a fight breaks out, how do they end it? And how do they take care of the dogs? Um, if a dog gets lost, how do they handle that? Have they ever lost a dog? Because there are plenty of walkers that have lost dogs and they will not admit it. And then turns out someone trusts this walker with their dog and then they get their dog lost. So try to avoid that. Um, <laughs> ask how the dogs are being transported. So if you are doing off leash, how are the dogs getting to A and B? How long? I have so many questions, but I would ask a walker. Um, <laughs> and asking uh, how long the dog is out with you. So how long the walk is and then how long they're going to be out in the car being transported, like what time you can expect them home. Um, asking how they will need access to your house. So will they have a key? Will you always be home? Are you comfortable with that? Um, and then if you're doing on leash, I would be asking how many dogs are going out at a time. Um, what, how long the walk is going, where they typically walk, if your dog is fearful of certain things, uh, back to the off-leash walks, um, just asking what parks they go to so you know where your dog is going, uh, and just making sure, like, if, is communication always open, if there are holidays coming up, will they have a set schedule for you so that you kind of know and you can check your calendar, um, and then is there a cancellation policy? Because that is a big thing. Because as a dog walker, we need to have a set schedule. So making sure that our clients are to everything and they know like, look, you get this excused amount of absences per year. And then every time you go past that, you might have to pay extra so that you're booking your spot. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, and I think something to note here is that a, a qualified dog walker will probably have like formal documentation and include yes. all is all of this information. Like, you know, that's when you know you're on the right track because you think to yourself, oh my gosh, what else do I need to ask? And they've already told you right before you can even right. think to ask the question. So um, I think that it's important to note, I wish that it didn't have to be this way, but it's really important to note how the dog walker is going to handle unwanted behavior because people get frustrated and punitive aversive tools are still out there. People are still using them. And it's really important that you trust the dog walker is not going to be using any of those tools behind your back, right? Like I see these horror stories all the time, right? Of doggy daycares and dog walkers and the dog walker is slapping shock collars on the dog without the owner's permission. So I don't want to scare you guys, but you need to be aware of this stuff, right? Because it's, it's not impossible. And there's just, oh, there's, there can just be so much fallout, um, from that negative stuff happening without you knowing. I, another thing I will say, and it, it's something to be aware of because I have seen it a lot in the field and there are walkers that will hit and yell and kick dogs. And that is something that you like, if you are not okay with that, and that is not your method of training, you got to make that clear. Like we do not put our hands on our dogs. Right. And you don't have to, and you shouldn't, right? Ever. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wouldn't do it to a kid. Don't do it to a dog. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, guys, it's just important that you're just asking those questions up front. So it doesn't have to like hit this gray area into, you know, worst case scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, let's talk about WAG. Let's talk about Rover because I know that it's on the rise. So what's your opinion on this stuff? Just like finding some random people signing up to do this stuff. I understand the appeal because it is like, oh, I have a meeting. I did not know I needed. I can get a walker like that. No problem. I totally understand that. And I have those experiences myself, but you're just, it's like going to McDonald's for a salad. Like you are just not getting your quality, what you need, (laughs) you know? Sure. If you have a happy social dog, that's like people, they're awesome. I don't care who you are. I love you. That's perfect. That may work for that dog. But as someone who has had fearful dogs in the past, I could say that that would not be great for a dog that is sensitive with strangers or new people coming in. It's just a risk of losing a dog. And being in San Francisco, there are so many horror stories about wag walkers. Um, There was one recently I can think of that a wag walker lost a dog. They didn't report it to the owner didn't report it to anyone and the next day the dog was found on the side of the road yeah and my friends and I who were responsible walkers had to go and my friends got the collar and they had to call the owner and tell them the wag walker was nowhere to be found so it's just horror stories like that where it's just like this could have been avoided if you just took the time to find a walker Even if you don't have the time to find someone, ask a friend if they have a walker. Just there are so many ways to find better qualified walkers that do a la carte, like add on, like, yeah, I'll walk your dog today. That's no problem. It's just taking the time. Yeah, for sure. And guys, we're going to, um, I'm going to link up some resources in the show notes, um, so that you have some more options for helping connect you with a qualified dog walker. So I'll definitely include the links to that in the show, um, the show notes, uh, you know, like you're saying, like an easy sociable dog, great quote unquote, easy dog, maybe wag walker is okay. But you guys have got to do your due diligence and just know that like, while there are amazing people, I'm sure in the Rover wag space, that is not the norm across the board. And just because people love dogs and have lived with dogs their whole lives does not really make them qualified as a dog professional, right? So Manny, can you tell us about some of the continued education and like ongoing stuff you did to be a dog walker? Right. So I would being over, I felt so overwhelmed being a coming like a dog professional that I was just like, I need to take a course. I need to learn because I do not feel prepared. So I went through the dog biz, uh, dog walking Academy. And that is a four day intensive course where you learn how to go through first aid protocol, CPR protocol, um, handling dogs on leash, loading dogs properly out of the car, because there are people that will unload dogs in the streets. Um, properly making sure you're sealing all the doors so dogs can't escape, how to handle dogs. And on top of all the dog stuff, it's preparing us to run our business efficiently for people, making sure that we come to the table with, look, this is what we offer. This is what we can do for you. We are insured, bonded, certified, making sure we have all our permits. It's just, it's the best way to create a very professional dog walker in my sense. Um, And so 
with that, all the grads that have ever done the program, whether it's online or in person, there is a link with Dog Biz and you're able to find any dog professional that has gone through their program. And they cover all over the country. Actually, they, they cover all over the world. They actually have dog walking programs in like New Zealand. So That's amazing. And, <laughs> and so it's awesome. I mean, I also am a certified trainer, but I feel like going through the dog walker program actually gave me so much insight on dog behavior, dog body language, how to properly break up a fight because being a dog lover, I had no idea how to do that. And I'm sure if I broke up a fight, not knowing what I know now, I would probably get injured. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, and guys, like that's what you want from your pet professionals, right? Like that's what you want. You want someone who has done their due diligence and they really feel like they've come to the table equipped to meet all of the needs of the job that they're proposing. Right. So, um, all industries, right? Like I feel like, especially in the dog space, right? We're really pushing like dog trainers need to be certified. Dog walkers need to be certified. And that just, you know, it pushes the industry so that you're getting a better product as the consumer. Exactly. And I think another thing with that uh, education was also just learning how to create proper group sizes and aging and energy levels. Cause I see plenty of walkers that will just throw senior dogs with puppies and, you know, a 15 pound dog with a 120 pound dog. And I'm just like, that's so not safe. Like you guys need to go through the dog training program or dog walking program. Like, please do your due diligence. It pays off. And that's really what separates us from other walkers. And that's a much more sustainable practice in so many regards, right? That like, if you get a professional dog walker right from the gut who understands matching personalities, who understands your individual dog, that's someone that you can trust for hopefully your dog's whole life, right? And not feel like you're having to like bounce back and forth between different dog walkers because you can't find someone solid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want to really quickly touch on the price of these services because I want people to recognize the time that really goes into the, you know, some one hour walk that you think you're paying for. Right. So like Mandy was saying, right. Her, her continued education, she went through a program. She's up to date on all of this stuff that costs money, time, right. Picking up multiple dogs, going multiple places. There's a lot of in-between time that you don't think of. Right. So I think that it's important that the cheapest dog walker is maybe not your best option because a dog walker is worth their weight in gold. So they should be charging what it they need to charge to continue to dog walk. Right. Right. It's, it's in order for us to maintain our job because not only do we have to pay rent too, because that's a big one, but it's getting the permits for the parks that we walk at so that we don't get tickets for walking our groups of dogs. Cause that is a big thing here in the Bay area. Um, one park will be like $180 permit. The other one is 300. So it's maintaining that and people that walk at certain parks may charge a little more and that's because they're permits. Um, also gas and wear and tear in our car and the travel. And getting all our equipment, because for me, I know we have all our own leashes and harnesses that we use on dogs, uh, just to make it easier for clients. Um, Crates had our car. Yeah. Some of us buy cars just to walk. I have a dog walking van. 
and the stuff I had to put in to outfit it. Luckily, I have a good price point for my dog walking clients, so it helps go towards that. Um, and if people are charging cheaper than the rest of the walking community, there is a reason for that. <laughs> so please, real like if you see a cheaper rate, you should be wondering why it's so cheap. Yeah, because if someone is good and they're on it and certified and they're just a great business owner in general, they will be around the same price as everyone else. And if someone is more expensive, figure out why, like, are they offering more in depth one-on-one? Are they spending more time with the dog after? Are they going on longer walks? And there are cheaper services that some walkers have. So just, kind of making sure you're getting the best thing for your buck as well as the best person. Yeah, for sure. If well, I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and really you guys, it's an investment, right? It's an investment in your quality of life because your dog is not going to be practicing being for lack of a better term, a shithead with someone who's not professional and they don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Like Waylon in particular, I promise you, if I put him in the hands of an unqualified person, he would be missing already. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he would be gone. He knows how very easily just to take advantage of people, which I love about him. But I invest in people who understand training and understand Waylon so that when I come back, Waylon's better off than I left him. Right. Like, absolutely. You want to. Well, and you want to come home to a well-exercised dog. You don't want to come home and be like, why are they a little extra on edge and stressed out? Yeah. Because yeah, if you have a good walker, your dog is going to be like conked out by the time you get home. Make it easy. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, I think it's just important to recognize that price should be reflected in all the steps that your dog walker has taken to be professional and build their business. Right. So, and I think that that's definitely something that's hard for people to swallow in the dog training realm too, right? Like the price tag. And I totally understand that. And that's why I do this podcast because I want information to be um, free and accessible, but that's not a sustainable business model. If I'm spending all this money on continued education. Right. So I think it's just important. Right. And I, you know, I'm sure this translates to a lot of professions, but specifically dog walking, right. That, um, price, uh, a higher price tag means you're probably getting more service. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is just people will be like, Oh, well, I can get a wag walker for super cheap and super fast, but not sustainable. And there's a reason why. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Mandy, final thoughts. What do you want? What do you want the average dog owner to know about dog walking that we haven't talked about yet? It is a lot of work. Yeah. So please be very appreciative of your walker and know that we are doing a lot and it is very stressful, but we love your dogs like they're our own. Um, and if you find a walker of quality, then you will have a new family member because I feel like I am so close to all my clients because I am with their dogs all day, every day. And you want that person, at least I know I would, that is like, Hey, they're so gross to say, but it's like, Hey, their poop was a little runny today. (laughs) Or, Hey, I noticed they didn't go to the bathroom or they were upset when I got there. 
just wanted to keep you in the know. You want that person that cares about your dog as much as you do. Yeah, no. And seriously, I couldn't agree any more, right? Like we're so insanely invested in your dog and their well-being and you will know it, right? Like, you know, you don't know that you want poop texts until your dog is sick <laughs> and you want poop texts, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Or you just, you know, you want to, you know, if you're home and you, your walker shows up and your dog is like, ah, 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 like you want that. Yeah, like, what for is your sure. walker doing that makes your dog that excited? Yeah, <laughs> and I think, you know, one more po- positive benefit of an awesome dog walker is that there's another person that your dog gets to love and trust in the world. And that's a pretty beautiful thing, right? Especially for some of these dogs who don't bond to people super quickly, like expanding their world by being another trusted human. That's a pretty magnificent thing. The fact that you find one to do that is huge. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Mandy, I want to talk about wolf culture really quickly because I love your products. (laughs) Okay. So guys, if you follow me on social media, you've seen like my reward your dog shirt and my train dogs drink coffee. So that is um, a product made by Mandy and she has so many awesome products. Um, and you can support a female entrepreneur. So, um, Mandy, will you tell us just a little bit of wolf culture? (laughs) I wasn't expecting to talk about this. Um, (laughs) So Wolf Culture was actually, it, it all, the idea from it just kind of started when Josh and I, my husband, we were on a dog walk and he was just like, you know what? I think we need some more quality gear and I'm tired of all these cheap, tacky looking shirts. Like, why don't we just start something? I was like, all right, if you think so. And so we did. And it's amazing how successful it's become. Um, but Wolf Culture is just a forced free clothing company that we created for dog people, dog lovers, dog nerds, anything that is related to animals and is linking us with a humane way of training. I'm here for it. And I will make the clothes for you to wear it. Yes. And guys, seriously, I love the tank tops. Like I'm so sad that it's winter because I can't just wear them all the time. I need more layers. I need to get a sweatshirt or something for sure. So yeah, guys, so I'll include a link to um, her shop in the show notes too. So you guys can check it out. But I've been really, really stoked on the conversation starter that it's been. I'm a very like historically plain Jane. Like I like black t-shirts. I normally don't wear stuff with print. You know what I mean? But wearing your shirts, seriously, I was wearing the reward your dog tank top and I was out with a client's dog. We're at the super busy parks, Lones Lake in Denver, if you guys are Colorado people. And there was hundreds of people out and I was standing there giving a cookie to the dog in my reward my dog t-shirt. And so many people were like, look at you practicing what you preach. And I really feel like the ripple effect from that, right? Like people seeing that and being like, dang, okay. Like maybe that they they, make that connection. Right. Like maybe they hadn't thought about dog training in that way. So it's a super cool project. And I'm just I'm so soaked to see you guys just flourish. And guys, if you don't already know, um, her husband, Josh, was on the podcast. He is a separation anxiety trainer. So, um, yeah, there's just so much dog magic between the two of you guys. OK, so, Mandy, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, so they can find me. My biggest account I use is Wolf Culture. And I'm sure you'll just include that. It's just our company yeah. name. Uh, our training profile on Instagram is city pups SF uh, underscore between each word. And then I have my personal account, just Mandy Bautel. Super awesome. Okay. Well, and I'll include links to all of that in the show notes so that people can connect with you. 
Awesome. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm so happy I could be on. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com. Thank you.